Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and, of course, all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and thanks for taking the time to join me on this podcast. Again, you can listen to all of our podcasts through your favorite listening devices and on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all of those popular platforms. You can listen. All you got to do is search for Master the NEC, and you'll see us. And again, you can subscribe, and you'll get all updates to new podcasts that come out. And you can listen to our other podcasts, which have uh, hundreds of them that you can listen to. Uh, You can also go over to our YouTube channel. We publish everything that we do in our podcast as well as our videos over on our YouTube channel, kind of our repositories where we keep track of everything. And you can actually go over there at youtube.com forward slash Master the NEC. And you can see everything over there. It's placed in playlists, so it's easy to get to, whether it's our videos or our podcasts. And, of course, our podcast will say on it that it's a podcast, so it makes it easy for you to identify what is a podcast versus what is a video by looking at the thumbnail. Hopefully that helps you out. All right, in today's episode, I've been asked to uh, answer a specific question, and I want to use the opportunity to not only answer the question but elaborate a little bit on this rule because it was a slight change uh, in the... Um, 2020 code versus the 2017 code, very subtle, did not change the intent, okay? But the language was subtle enough to kind of give you extra direction, so I believe it was a good change. Not just the fact that I sit on that code panel, that's nothing to do with it, but the reality is it was a good change for 2020, and again, we'll just kind of elaborate on that a little bit to give you that kind of that, that context to the change. But the question was asked about, to me, whether is if I have a water heater, which is an appliance, if that water heater could be hardwired and not require a disconnect, uh, and again, we're talking disconnect, okay, doesn't mean it has to have overcurrent protection there because the overcurrent protection is obviously going to be in the panel that supplies this branch circuit to this appliance, but the question was whether I need a disconnecting means, and sometimes we kind of interchange those because an overcurrent device can be a disconnecting means. But a disconnecting means can be something as simple as a pull-out, a knife switch uh, that has no fuses in it. Uh, it's just a, you know, a make-or-break component. Um, so, again, understanding disconnection means doesn't necessarily mean overcurrent protection, although overcurrent protection could also be utilized as a disconnecting means. Getting those two things clear in your mind It's going to help you out a little bit to kind of fundamentally understand. But this question is asking about the disconnecting component that we're going to see in uh, uh, part three of Article 422. Okay, so we're going to we're going to look at that and try to dissect it and answer the individual's question. And then maybe we'll dig into a little more of the meat and potatoes of the disconnecting means requirements under 422. But again, I want to keep this lesson under 30 minutes. I want to keep it directly on topic and answer the individual's question and then everything else that we discuss is just kind of bonus material so again if uh, Derek if you're listening we're gonna we're gonna address your question so that we can have a better focus on it and then we can move from there all right so the first thing that I want you to do is in your code books and I'm in the 2020 edition of the National Electrical Code if you're in the 2017 there's only a subtle change and I'll explain that uh, but I want you to go to that and you'll see that it starts at 422.30 so subdivision 30. Uh, which is a section, and you continue on down to, I believe it goes all the way to dot .35. So it's not a lot in there, okay? But it's a lot of information that's packed right there in this 
this specific area of 422, okay, part three, all right? Um, so if you're there, we're going to go to the very beginning here and look at the general requirement, and then we're going to answer Derek's question, and then I'm going to elaborate on what the change was, because other than that, that's really only significant change, and then we'll talk about a few other things. All right, so 422.30, general. So we have a general rule. It says, a means shall be provided to simultaneously disconnect each appliance from all ungrounded conductors in accordance with the following sections of Part 3. If an appliance is supplied by more than one branch circuit or feeder, okay, these disconnecting means shall be grouped and identified as being the multiple disconnecting means for an appliance. Okay, so in the off chance you have an appliance that's fed by multiple uh, branch circuits or feeders, uh, I don't know if that was a new word I make up, branch circuits. Anyway, if you have something that's got more than one branch or feeder supplying it, that appliance, then you're going to have multiple disconnects and they're going to need to be grouped. Okay. And of course, they have to be identified and whatnot. Okay. All right. So this is the situation for the appliance. Now, it also goes on to say each disconnecting means shall simultaneously disconnect all ungrounded conductors that it controls. Okay. So within itself, it, you know, this is the difference between having two pole breakers or two single poles and, or something like that and, and the ability to make sure that all ungrounded conductors are turned off at the, uh, simultaneously. Okay, so that's, that's an important rule. But we've got the general basis. Now, let's talk about Derek's question. So Derek says he has a situation where he has a water heater and he wants to know, does it require a disconnect? And first of all, the answer is going to be yes but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have the disconnect at the actual water heater, okay? So we need to, we need to clarify. So the first thing we're going to do to answer Derek's question is chances are that this water heater is going to fall in the 422.31B because obviously it's rated over 300 VA, probably going to be 4,500 watts, which is synonymous with VA uh, when we're doing our calc. So it's going to obviously be over 300 volts, uh, it's not having anything to do with uh, a motor. Uh, there's no motor aspect to this water heater. Uh, so we're pretty much going to be in 422.31B, and this appliance is rated over 300 VA. Now, here's what it says. It says, for permanently connected appliances rated over 300 VA, the branch circuit switch or circuit breaker shall be permitted to serve as the disconnecting means where the switch or circuit breaker is within sight of the appliance. Or, and this is the new part, or be capable of being locked in the open position in compliance with 110.25. Okay, so a disconnection means is required unless, again, the branch circuit switch or the circuit breaker can be locked in the open position. Now, the provision for locking and adding a lock to the disconnecting means uh, shall be installed on or at the switch or circuit breaker used as the disconnecting means and must remain in place uh, when it is in, uh, whether it is locked or not, or whether there's a lock installed or not, it's, it doesn't make any difference. And that's kind of what 110.25 is doing, okay, making that clarification. So you can go read 110.25 and get that extra language. For, for me and you, it's saying, I have to have a switch or circuit breaker within sight of the appliance. So, 
Derek, if your water heater is within sight of the panel board and the cabinet, okay, if inside of that, then you're okay. Then that disconnect you mean is within sight. Obviously, you can turn it off. You see the appliance. Then that's perfectly fine. Now, what becomes an issue there is if there's a wall that separates from where, and this is usually what it is anyway, because your water heater is somewhere else, unless it's in a basement and you see the panel and you can look over and it's an unfinished basement and you can see the water heater, then it's not an issue. It's within sight. And obviously, no, when we say in sight, also meaning within 50 feet. Okay, works synonymous with that. Um, perfectly okay, then I could use the circuit breaker and that would be fine. Uh, the other question that people ask, does that have to be capable of being locked? Absolutely not. That's not the rule. Once you get to the or, the capable of being locked in the open position uh, and meeting all the rules of 110.25 as well, that's only triggered when that appliance is not within sight of your selected disconnecting means. If that's the case, then you're going to have to locate a disconnecting means at the water heater. Maybe it's just a simple knife switch, pull out, whatever its rating is. You have to make sure it's adequate. Then that's going to be what you're going to have there. Okay? Uh, So... That's going to be the difference. It might even be just a small disconnect with a circuit breaker in it. With uh, and it could could it have an overcurrent rating? Absolutely, it could. Nothing prohibits that. Could it be simply a disconnect with a circuit breaker used as a switch only and no overcurrent rating? Absolutely. Um, could it you know could it potentially be a pullout? Absolutely. We're just trying to get a disconnect. That's it. So you have many options. Okay, to be able to utilize this. Okay, so. Derek, to answer that, hopefully that answers your, your question and makes it uh, a little easier for you to under, understand. Uh, the next question that, again, I tend to get when this comes up is people say, well, what about a range? Okay, so when it comes to ranges, we're going to go down and look at 422.33b. And typically, ranges are going to have a, a attachment plug and a receptacle that's located behind the range. Um, it's very different if we have a built-in unit like a cooktop, which is cord and plug connected or something like that. Uh, but in this case, the question tends to come up and say, well, what about the cord and plug connection being utilized as the disconnect for that appliance? So it's a cord and plug. Uh, obviously, it's a disconnect, disconnection of a cord and plug connected or attachment fitting connected appliance. That's what we're talking about. That's what this rule deals with. And incidentally, 422.33 is dealing with cord and plug connected or attachment fitting uh, type of scenarios where that is being served as your disconnecting means. Okay, So now if that is the case and you're using a cord and plug as your disconnecting means, in this case it would be a range, then it says for cord and plug connected household electric ranges, it says an attachment plug and receptacle connection at the rear base of a range accessible from the front by removing removal of a drawer shall meet the intent of 422.33a okay so meeting that in, intent of that requirement so what is 422.33a say okay so this is your for lack of a better explanation this is your connector or attachment plug and its relationship to a receptacle, like what you would see for an electric range, which is simply has a cord and plug on it. It says, for cord and plug or attachment fittings, again, we're talking 422.33a, 
says connected appliances in an accessible uh, separable connector or an accessible plug or attachment fitting and receptacle combination shall be permitted to serve as the disconnecting means. Okay, there's our permission. It says the attachment fitting shall be factory installed part of the appliance and suitable for disconnection of the appliance. It says where the separable connector or plug or attachment fitting and receptacle combination are not accessible, cord and plug connected or attachment fitting and plug connected appliances shall be provided with disconnecting means in accordance with 422.31, which again is what we just read. So when people ask me, what if I have a direct wired uh, cooking appliance or something like that, then that's a situation where um, you're going to have to meet all the normal disconnecting rules in in 422.31, and we have multiple allowances. We just read you one, okay? Um, And, of course, you do have allowances for things like unit switches, so don't panic when you might have some type of appliance like a cooking unit that has the ability to have, let's say, a unit switch, then it can meet the disconnecting means. Okay, that's in 422.34. What we're saying here is that if it's cord and plug connected and accessible, then you can meet the requirements of a disconnecting means with that cord and plug. And as you saw, when it deals with the range, as long as you can get to it through the base of the bottom of the range, then that disconnects all you need. Perfectly fine to get to it. You can disconnect it and work on it. Okay, not a problem. But at any time where you have a separable connector or plug and receptacle combination, and that is not considered accessible, again, ignoring the allowance of 422.33b, which, again, that's accessible under the range, but it's not required to be readily accessible. So, again, it's still accessible. But if you have some type of cord and plug scenario and you can't get to it, then that would be a problem, and then that means, well, then you're going to have to pretend like it's not even there. You're going to have to pretend like it's hardwired, even though it's cord and plug, and you're going to have to meet a disconnecting means in 422.31. So you you get what I'm saying? Um, Now, this is also pretty interesting because you might also be aware that, for example, dishwashers. For years and years, the receptacle was placed in the footprint of the dishwasher, and so the receptacle was plugged into the back of that. Well, you couldn't get to it. It wasn't accessible. So, but again, many times you had unit switches, not always, but you had unit switch disconnecting means under 422.34 that would qualify and you were okay. Until the code said, you know what, we're not going to allow that anymore. So we're not going to allow that receptacle to be in that footprint. It's got to be adjacent, okay, immediately adjacent. So that's why you have more people cutting holes in the back of your separator in your cabinet in the sink, underneath the sink, and your receptacle is placed there, and then the cord is coming from your dishwasher through that opening into a receptacle that's under there. And again, okay, so, and and that's the scenario, then obviously that cord and plug and that receptacle attachment plug, it's obviously accessible at that point, okay? Uh, It's not required to be readily accessible, but it is required to be accessible. So again, a lot of rules uh, to follow And the one we'll end up on is the units switches as disconnecting means. So you've got these rules for disconnecting means. You have the general statement. You have disconnecting mean requirements for uh, permanently connected appliances. 
Okay, we covered that, and we used the water heater as an example. And then we got down to cord and plug connected uh, appliances that could use a uh, attachment fitting or cord and plug connector as a disconnecting means. Unless it is considered not accessible, then you have to meet the general rules and treat it like it is a permanently connected appliance because you can't get to the disconnect, which is the receptacle's plug, which you want to use, but it's not accessible. So again, you can't use the options uh, under 422.33. Down. That takes us to the unit switches as disconnecting means. Uh, Now, when we say unit switches, that means a specific piece of appliance might have a setting on the appliance that is marked off position, okay? And in that off position, it has to disconnect all ungrounded conductors, okay, from the piece of equipment. So how it's wired, again, if you put it in that off position, it has to disconnect. And a lot of times, people can't prove that. It's hard to prove. So we'll, we have to assume that the manufacturers place a marked an off position that it is removing uh, all of the ungrounded conductors uh, connection from that switch into the actual appliance itself. So that's the first point where it comes into the system and that switch, that unit switch, is actually can keep it from going into the actual appliance to getting to any of those significant components in the, in the appliance, Okay. So here's what it says in 422.34 for unit switches to be used as a disconnect. And this is very common on things like dishwashers where you you can't get to the receptacle. If in the past they put it behind there, then again, you'd have a unit switch that could get away with being the disconnect if you were dealing in uh, uh, that scenario. Okay, so here's what it says. It says a unit switch or switches with a marked off position. That is part of the appliance and it disconnects all ungrounded conductors uh, shall be permitted as the disconnecting means required by this article where other means for disconnecting are provided in occupancy specified in 422.34A through D. Okay, that's significant. So what is that saying? That says, look, you're required to have a disconnect for the appliances. We know that. If, if the appliance has a unit switch built into it on its face that has a marked off position. And in that off position, it truly does disconnect all ungrounded conductors, okay? If it does that, and again, it probably is because if it's unit switch, it's a 120-volt load, let's say. For, you know, this, I'm just using a general example like a, a dishwasher. Uh, if it was a 120-volt load, then you only have one ungrounded conductor, and obviously... That's going to kill the power to it. Okay, never say assuming, but again, if there is that unit off position, uh, that's typically what that's going to do. So, but the caveat here is that you have some other disconnection means upstream. Some other disconnect. To be able to use the unit switch rule here for the disconnection means for that appliance, I have to have something upstream. Well, the good news is you, you do have other things upstream. So let's look at the first one is multifamily dwelling. So 422.34a says, look, in multifamily dwellings, the other disconnection, I mean, when we see other, it's the one that referred to other in 422.34, the general statement. It says the other disconnecting means shall be within the dwelling unit, okay, or on the same floor as the dwelling unit in which the appliance is installed and shall be permitted to control lamps and other appliances, okay? Long and short of it, 
It means that if you're dealing in a multifamily every dwelling unit and you have a panel, individual panel, remote distribution panel in your unit, that is in your unit, that is at the same floor, then it is disconnects. It is a ability to use that as the other disconnection means. Okay? Not a problem. Um, keeping it simple. Uh, now, in 422.34b, two-family dwellings. Okay? In two-family dwellings, very similar. It says in two-family dwellings, the other disconnecting means shall be permitted either inside or outside of the building unit in which the appliance is installed. Okay, so this is allowing me to have it on an outside panel uh, and not necessarily in the unit itself, okay, but it has to be dedicated for that unit, okay? It says, in this case, an individual switch or circuit breaker for the dwelling unit shall be permitted and shall also be permitted to control lamps and other appliances, okay? So, this also is kind of telling you that this could also be the main because that main could be the other switch and it is obviously going to control lamps and other appliances as well. Okay, so that is one thing to, to keep in mind that, again, that would be an example of something that could be used as the other disconnecting means. Uh, the next thing would be, or or I guess I should say, it could be a uh, remote panel that actually has a main that covers other lights and, you know, controls lamps and other appliances is okay as well. It's permitted to also do that. Now, in other words, if I cut the main off, I'm killing everything. That can be utilized as an example of the other disconnecting means. It's fine. Now, it says it um, as well, pretty straightforward. Now, the reason it doesn't say it the same way for the next one we're going to look at as it does for the multifamily or two-family, because typically those might not be services that we're talking about. It might be a feeder panel. And again, that would could qualify also as the other disconnecting means, even though it does control other lamps and it does control other appliances. This is a permissive statement. So it's saying, you know what, that can serve as the other. This is only a trigger, folks, to let me use the unit switch on the actual appliance. You with me? Okay, so again, people really don't analyze this because it pretty much takes care of itself, but I think we should talk about it, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Uh, The next one is 422.34C, one-family dwelling. Now, this one is very specific. In a one-family dwelling, the service disconnecting means shall be permitted to be the other disconnecting means. Okay, so again, if you want to have a unit switch on that specific appliance and you're going to use this rule and it qualifies at Disconnects all the ungrounded conductors. It has a dedicated marked off position on the appliance. Then the other disconnect can be my service disconnect. Okay. Because I could always turn the service disconnect off. Okay. Now, again, like I said, the multifamily and the two family, those are pretty much probably dealing with feeder panels. And that's why it says it the way it is. Although it does not eliminate the other one being a service panel disconnect. It's just not needing to mention that because there's a, more options than what you would have in a multi, uh, in a one family. You're probably going to have the service disconnecting means, and in rare cases, you might have a, a downstream feeder panel. But at the end of the day, this is specifically saying this service disconnecting means, in and of itself, can serve as that other disconnecting means to allow me to use the unit switch on an appliance as the disconnection means, as long as it meets all the rules of 422.34. Okay. Uh, And then, of course, there's uh, 422.34D, which is other occupancies. So anything not mentioned here, it says, in other occupancies, 
the brand circuit switch or uh, circuit breaker were readily accessible for servicing of the appliance shall be permitted as the other disconnecting means. Okay? So, um, and these other ones, you know, you're required anyway to have certain working clearance, whether it's a panel, uh, whether it's a remote distribution panel, uh, the main breaker, you're required to have this readily accessibility requirement anyway. So that's kind of evident in those. But then you've got other occupancies which can cover a broader range than what's given here as far as dwelling units. In that scenario, the brand circuit switch or circuit breaker has to be readily accessible uh, and for servicing the appliance, and it shall be permitted uh, as the other disconnecting means. Okay, so you want to use a unit switch, fine, but somewhere else upstream, a readily accessible circuit breaker or switch, circuit breaker switch or circuit breaker itself has to be readily accessible, and that's for servicing the appliance. Okay. And so that's what 422.34D is all about, okay? Now, remember, this is talking about unit switches. There's somebody out there that says, well, whoa, 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 what if the appliance in the other occupancy, what if it doesn't have a unit switch and it's hardwired and it's appliance, then what are you going to do? You're going to go back to what? 421 a, B, and C, and let those be your guides on whether or not the panel is within sight, uh, the circuit breaker is within sight, or I'm going to have to put a disconnect at the appliance. Uh, so all these things, it kind of intertwine. You just have to know what you're working with. So I tell students all the time, don't hop around. Define what you're dealing with. Am I dealing with an appliance that's permanently connected? Am I dealing with an appliance that's cord and plug? Or am I dealing with an appliance that has a built-in unit switch that has a dedicated off position? Once I identify that, then I can focus down and it just makes it so much easier to apply the disconnecting requirements on appliances once you funnel it down into what exactly you're working with. And once you identify that, then it's a piece of cake after that. Anyway, hopefully you got something out of today's episode. I didn't confuse you again. Thanks for all your support for sharing our podcast. Hopefully you got something out of it. If you have any questions, you can always email us at info, I-N-F-O, at masterthenec.com. That is info at masterthenec.com. I'm more than happy to try to answer your questions. Again, I get literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of questions a week on the code stuff and people seeking advice. So, again, I'll get to you. It takes time, but I promise you I answer every email. So reach out to me. I'll help you the best I can. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless.